0: Good evening and welcome to Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio. You're here with your hostess, Lauren Smith. And tonight we will be chatting with Tanya Knight, aka She Squatch, who is the angel of the Bigfoot community. But before we get into it, I would like to ask that you show some love for that hardworking Nightcaller's team by hitting that thumbs up on whatever platform you're listening on. And don't forget to subscribe and ring that notification bell because I have new content every week. Um, you can find Night Colors on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or any podcast app of your choosing. Also, be sure to go check out my new um, venture, which is buymeacoffee.com backslash nightcallers, where you can become a Night Crawlers uh, member and get exclusive content. So that's an extra Night Terrors episode every week, along with two extra interviews um, every month and much, much more. But you can go check it out over there for more details. So I'm just going to go ahead and get into it. I'm going to bring on the lovely Miss Tanya Knight. How are you doing tonight, Tanya?
1: Hi, guys. I'm doing good. <laughs> good. I'm just sitting here by this nice fire my brother got going for me and yeah. uh, just enjoying this evening.
0: It's beautiful. I am so glad to have you on here. I'm honored to have you on here and honored to be sitting around the campfire with you again
1: yeah yeah this is kind of a campfire. he has it stoked up pretty good for me
0: Mm -hmm. um so like I was telling you before we came on um normally you know I just launch into questions and then just like really get into the interview but with you because you are such a dear friend of mine pretty much my sister we're just gonna chat like we always do and Mm -hmm. we'll just see what comes out like we're sharing a fire and we're gonna just chat and we join we invite everybody out there to just join us in a chat
1: mm-hmm. so yeah, i just want to say
0: i want to say hello to everyone who has already joined us so um thank you guys for joining thank you guys for supporting myself and su- for supporting tanya Knight. Um, you guys just if you have a question for tanya go ahead and put your question in all caps and hit that thumbs up mm-hmm. on whatever uh platform you're listening on <laughs> Okay, so, Miss Tanya, I actually don't even think I know the answer to this question. Um, How did you get into the topic
1: of Bigfoot? Uh, You know, this is a really good one. Um, And it takes me back many years to an ex-boyfriend or an ex-partner that I had and it's okay to talk about those exes, you guys. We all have them, <laughs> you know. We all we all have the feels. Um, it was several years ago, I guess seven or eight years ago, and we would go around to different uh, venues, like uh, conferences, like paranormal conferences or Bigfoot conferences, um, UFO conferences, and we would film um, a lot of the speakers that would be talking on the different topics, and then we would upload them, or he would upload them uh, to his website. Um, And I guess it was probably about four or five years ago, I finally had the opportunity to attend the Texas Bigfoot Conference, Craig Wilheter and Tammy Wilheter's Texas Bigfoot Conference in East Texas. And my son had already been a couple of times, Um, And it was my first time to go. And I have to be honest in saying it brought up all these memories Uh, my grandfather had told me about when I was a little girl. Um, I was around nine or 10 years old. And he told me a story about being on the river and seeing a Sasquatch across the way, just kind of squatted down watching him fish. And I remember kind of laughing at him, thinking it was silly. My grandfather always teased me. So, you know, I just thought it was one of his little jokes. And when I I started laughing at him, I noticed um, that look in his face. Um, It was kind of like, she doesn't believe me. Out of all the people that would have believed me, she doesn't believe me. And I remember feeling bad, you know, at that moment and thinking he must be honestly telling me the truth. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't maybe a few months later, ironically, that on Channel 13, you know, they had Patty walking across the creek bed, the creek bed in California, and there was Bob. And I just remember being in shock, thinking my grandfather was telling me the truth. And, you know, he Mm -hmm. says, come here, come here. You know, he brought me into the living room. See, I told you, I told you. Yeah. So being at that Texas Bigfoot conference brought up all those memories again. And I just have this passion deep inside of me. And when I'm ready to do something, I go for it. Mm-hmm. And I just get my mind off of it. So I knew right at that moment that I wanted to be more involved than I had been. And that I finally found something that was for me. All the things that we had done before, um, the UFO, the paranormal, all those things, um, I loved them, but it was kind of like I just hadn't found my niche yet, and when this came up, it just it made sense to me, and so I think I set my first venture um, for Hanover uh, after the Bigfoot Conference, went to the Hanover Conference in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and it was there that Keith and I um, really made up friends and we decided we were going to do this together. And we went off on our first venture into the woods and uh, honestly haven't looked back since.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, I mean, that's, I love that you all, that you have a connection to it like that. And then that it just kind of, you know, came up and you ran with it. I think that, makes it more meaningful, um, the Mm -hmm. research, you know? Um, So what did you do to start researching? Like, where did you go? Um, What, I mean, did you just kind of do what finding Bigfoot does? Or, I mean, how did you go about getting into the research portion?
1: Okay, well, it all pretty much happened at the same time. Um, It was the conference in Hanover. Just before then, I decided that I was gonna take my son, Jesse, camping and we were going to go look for Bigfoot. And, you know, I was absolutely green and naive and I had, you know, no idea how to tent by myself, much less, Mm -hmm. you know, how to go about, you know, making the campfire and are we going to be safe? And where are we going to, you know, camp at even? Um, And I just, I had it set in my mind um, that this was something I wanted to do. So I guess, To know me, um, you would know that I kind of do things maybe a little differently. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I had been involved with um, doing Reiki and energy work using crystals and essential oils and doing healings um, on people um, at the local fair. And I'm very well, um, I very well much understand dowsing and how to use tools for energy work. And my grandfather taught me how to douse when I was young. So I decided to take out a pendulum and go over the map and decide where I wanted to camp. I wanna find Bigfoot, you know, Mm -hmm. where am I gonna find a map? And I know that this may sound obscure to some people, but you know, we're basically energetic people. We are energy people encompassed in a body with a mouth so that we can talk and converse with each other. But, but really we're ethereal beings. So if you take that information and you really expand your mind and your consciousness and just allow for that innate understanding that we're all unified in one and, you know, allow for the higher consciousness to take over, you'd be really surprised at what you can find. So I did this and I found the area that I wanted to go to, and when we went to Hanova and met up with Keith, I told him, I said, you know, I want to take my son camping. This is what I'm doing, and I mean, I had the car p- packed, and we were going after that uh, that conference. And Keith said, you know, I'm going to go watch the elk run, and how about we do this together? And you know, honestly, I I felt such a relief that. He said that. And he told me, I'll go wherever you want to go, whatever you want to do. And so I told him where I wanted to go. And we made our way there. And I would say it wasn't the first day um, that we got there because it was evening when we got there and we had set up. But the next day um, we went into the woods and it was the same thing. It was um, where do I want to go? And, uh, you know, what, what location or where in these woods do I want to go to find, you know, this evidence, you know, Mm -hmm. it's all about evidence. Everyone wants to see something. They want to see, you know, they want to see a picture that, you know, helps them to understand that it's real. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't see wind, but we know that it's real because we can feel it. So. I decided to walk into the woods and I just asked myself, you know, where do I want to go? I want to find Prince. And I said, it's this way. <laughs> I started walking that way and, you know, it was probably five minutes. And all of a sudden I felt the urge to turn and I said, no, this way. And it wasn't maybe a few more steps and I found my first trackway. And when I say trackway, um, a lot of time, people, they'll run across prints and they get so excited and they're like, oh, my God, I found a print, you know, and they measure it out and it looks like a foot. But the truth of the matter is, if you don't have a trackway, you really don't have much to stand on. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, armadillos can do some mess. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's the it's the truth. Truth. what an armadillo can do. They so can. Um, I found my first trackway and The prints were 18 and a half inches long Mm -hmm. and immediately in my mind, I said, male. So this is how this is how that spirit consciousness stuff works. And, you know, I I just want to really encourage you if this is your first time in the woods and you've never done it before, just go and have a good time. Mm -hmm. Just go and open your mind. If you don't have an open mind and you're going for finding Bigfoot, it'll never it'll never happen. So, you know, I found this first, you know, I I measured it out. It was five feet in between the next one. And there were three prints total. And when I talked to Dr. Mildred and I showed him, you know, my prints and gave him the measurements, he told me that it would have been between 850 to 1100 pounds. And he was very excited about, you know, what I was bringing you know he wanted to know of course my location where were you and and just so everyone knows i i don't disclose my location and i i hope you all understand the reason is is we're not all kind and and there are a lot of people out there who find that the only way to prove the existence of this beast is to procure the evidence and and what that means is to kill the species right or to kill one right well let me tell you what happened to the great apes <laughs> and if you're not well let's see if you don't understand how this works when a species is basically killed into the idea that it, it's no longer existing um the great apes um are one to show that in 1847 they were discovered it's been not even 200 years and now they're grossly extinct, and it's just, it's unfathomable that a species can actually grow to that in just such a short amount of time. So, you know, when we've been on this earth for millennia, so um, I guess I've lost my train of thought at that. It really Really? upsets me to think about that. It, It upsets me to think that there are people going into the woods specifically to prove this existence. You know, it really does, because, you know, there are existences of animals and and insects, you know, found every day. But, yet you know, we study them. So, you know, why would someone want to do this? I I just I don't understand. So anyway, um, that was my (laughs) that was my first trackway and uh, my first exciting moment of finding something where I knew that I was on track. Absolutely. Uh, I love that you follow your intuition and I think
0: that there needs to be more of that. Um, You've definitely, I was just learning to follow my intuition um, and use that along with my research techniques Mm -hmm. whenever I met you. And so when I met you and you, and we were in Falk and you and I were walking through the Cypress Groves and We both just kind of, you, I mean, I think we didn't even verbally just express to each other that we were both doing the same thing. Um, I don't even remember how it came about that we both discovered like, hey, we're both sitting here doing the exact same thing because we both ended up in the exact same area, but we couldn't even see each other. Like we both split off in different directions and ended up in the same area. And then we had our conversation there at that time about, you know, what we were feeling or seeing or whatever. Um You know, there's not a lot of people that um, I'm that open with about using, you know, my gut feeling basically is what I'm going to call it, along with my research techniques. So you're one of the, you know, chosen few. Um, But, you know, to me, we are made of energy
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: it's just like any animal in the woods that you can feel, you know, a deer, if, if there's a living creature, it's going to move or, you know, make some kind of movement, even if it's just there, like, you know, when somebody walks into the room behind you, you can feel them, even if they make no noise, you can feel them there. It's kind of like that. Um, with Bigfoot, it's a little harder as they are like the masters of hiding. Obviously, they're very elusive. But, uh, you know, that's kind of how I research as well. I try to. Um, I always tell, like, I have a friend that I go out with and every time we go out, he just looks at me and he goes, okay, he's like, what do you feel? And that's how he starts out. And I never expressed that to him. I never told him about it. He just automatically looked at me and he's just like, okay, what do you feel? Like he just picked up that I would randomly just go off in another direction and not explain Mm -hmm. why. And we would usually end up finding or having activity or finding, you know, some sort of weird something over there. So
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of people are very scientific minded and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, But there's a whole area of science that's yet to be defined. And Mm -hmm. I find that, you know, I'm very well versed in that. And, you know, just because we can't see it or touch it or palpate it doesn't mean that it's not, you know, an existence. And... Mm -hmm. I guess that's kind of a a good thing um, that these creatures I feel are also, um, which, you know, we haven't gotten to this Mm -hmm. subject yet, but I really feel that they are also greatly in tune with these senses in a way Mm -hmm. that, you know, obviously they know you're there well before you've even entered into the forest. They Mm -hmm. are walking around you, and are watching everything you're doing. And they're probably smirking and laughing every time <laughs> you hit a tree, you know, with a, a piece of wood. And uh, they're doing their best to contain themselves. And um, you know, the truth of the matter is, you know, when you talk about feeling someone before they that you see them, I've always been that way um, ever since I was a small child. And mm-hmm. I suppose that I really didn't know what to do with that. Um, and because I, of my kindness, I've been trespassed on a lot um, in my life because I have such a big heart, and I have the benefit of the doubt for people. And you know, the things that they do, um, I always want to be forgiving and give them that second, third, fourth chance. Um, <laughs> you know, to do things right. And I, I guess that that's something that. Will always be a part of me, and I, mm-hmm. I don't, I guess, I, I don't really have an inkling of feeling as though, um, you know, that's a, a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. definitely caused some hardships in my life, but mm-hmm. you know, aside from that, I'm grateful for it because without that, I wouldn't have had all the experiences that I've had, and I wouldn't be able to feel so greatly. Um, you know, I, I'm very much in tune with everything around me. And I've even let myself down because I would know something so hard, but I'd want to deny it so badly that I would just give into that and make hardship on myself. So um, it's it's rough. It's
0: rough when you have a strong gut feeling and you um, don't go with it and then you pay for it and you're like, I'll do better next time. But you always want to believe the best in everybody. Yeah, It's rough. Um, So we do have, I'm just going to go ahead and ask questions from the chat as they um, are relevant to what we're talking about. So Weird Realities would like to know, do you think that Reiki slash energy work is something that they are sensitive to, they being that creature?
1: Okay, Um, well, one of the first experiences that I've ever had um, is really almost a paranormal topic. And I was in the back of my vehicle because I'd gotten there late. Um, It was the first time on my own. I didn't have a chance to set my tent up. And I really wasn't feeling very well. Um, I I know that some of you maybe know and you see this bald head, but uh, I'm, I'm actually dealing with something called inflammatory breast cancer. And it's a very rare type of cancer. It's one in 3% or one in 4% of all breast cancers. So it's not something common. And one of my first trips into the woods, um, I could feel the heat of my body. I knew something was wrong. And I was sleeping in the back of my car. And just as I hit that um, that twilight sleep, I heard big, heavy, footsteps coming toward the right of my car. And immediately I was alerted and I tried to open my eyes. And that's the moment that I realized that I couldn't. And Mm -hmm. I could only listen to these footsteps walk around the car and to the other side. And I knew at that moment that whatever it was, was big and heavy. I could hear the gravel being pushed down into the ground. And I said, open your eyes, open your eyes, Tanya. And my eyes opened and then they shut again. But I got a view of the outside of the vehicle. I could see the trees. It was dark. I mean, I was absolutely awake. I was not asleep. And that's when I heard the footsteps go to the foot of the car again. And at that moment, All I could think of was, you know, the missing 411, you know, Um, you know, I thought about all the people that disappear in the woods. This is how it happens. You're a single female and you're about to be drug out through by your (laughs) feet, you know, through the back of your vehicle. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, um, I felt this very strong pulsing in the bottom Mm -hmm. of my feet and it was round discs about like this. And it felt like a tuning fork. And I don't, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced a tuning fork, but it's basically, um, you know, it's used to tune a piano or something like that. You can hear it, um, but you can also feel it. And it travels through the body in a way that just goes through the bone and everything. And that's what it felt like. And as I was feeling this pulsing coming up through my feet um, and up into my ankle, it was followed with a sound or let's just say they, they coincided together and the sound was, whoa, 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 whoa. So it was this Hmm. very deep, very deep sound penetrating through my body. I could feel these discs in the bottom of my feet coming up, 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 up. And at first, you know, I had the fear. And then I said, they're trying to heal me. And right at the moment as that thought popped into my my mind, they're trying to heal me, was almost as instantaneously as it stopped. And and to be honest with you, at first I was terrified, but then I realized how good it felt. Now, whether that is a big ape outside my car with their fingers (laughs) on my feet, trying to give me Reiki energy, I don't know. But I can say that it's my truth and my reality, and that happened. (laughs) And I have connected with them in a way that, you know, I feel them and I sense them and I stop my car and I get out because I know that they're there. And, um, you know, this this happened to me in one of my last experiences where, you know, I actually got out of the vehicle because I could sense her. And I say her because same thing with the male. I knew it was male. Um, You know, I've seen a juvenile before, but before I saw the juvenile and I'm recording. I actually have my recording device on. I'm saying we're about to see it. You know, I'm not talking to anyone but myself and Mm -hmm. we're about to see it. It's just, he's just right up here. And I'm saying he, and of course, when I get to the top of the Ridge all the way across is this little being just looking at me and I, I can see it from the waist up. I can see, you know, the waist. I can see the chest. I can see the arms, the space in between the arms, the little the little head. And it's just like dark. And I know it's a young juvenile because I knew before I even got there. But then my visual is also of that. So um, so I know that's a long answer to the question of no, whether it's Reiki or not. Um, but because we're all energetic beings and I believe that. What we're dealing with is, uh, you know, if it is an ape species, uh, humanoid uh, being, whatever it is that you want to call it, um, it Mm -hmm. isn't really evolved. And because we have consciousness, you know, as humans and we understand that, there's not one part of me that doubts that these aren't conscious beings. And that's why Bob Gimlin says that, you know, they're just too human to to shoot. They're Mm -hmm. just too human to kill. So, so I wanted to
0: I wanted to follow up to make you feel better about your experience. Um, so in my interview with Doug Highcheck, he has recordings of what he believes to be infrasound and on those recordings it sounds, almost like a heartbeat but it was like a whoop 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 like it was you could you could hear the energy being transmitted and it was at such a low volume and a low decibel that that's why certain people myself included we can feel it and we feel that int- infrasound and on you they might have just turned it up but either way that has been verified scientifically now Um, and Doug is, is, um, he's collecting more and more of that type of data. And so I actually have data to send to him. I have another researcher with data to send to him and another researcher I talked to yesterday that I will be getting their data to send to him on infrasound and how low of a frequency it is and how it can be that vibrational frequency. So, I mean, just to make you, uh, I mean, to put a scientific spin on what you just said, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a thing that has happened. So, um, you know, if it's infrasound, you can't hear it, obviously you wouldn't be able to hear it. Um, but the recorder that he uses and, and the recorder that this other researcher uses, he told me that when he bought the recorder that he uses, it was like $16. He -hmm. said now that same recorder is like $3,000 and it's the only recorder he has that can pick up that low, low Um, decibel, or Mm -hmm. I'm probably not using the right word there, but that low of a tone. And so I just Mm -hmm. think infrasound and that kind of stuff, especially because it's happened to me, I think it's fascinating. So, I mean, I really love how you explained all that. I love that you shared your truth um, because that's what I'm here for. I am just a platform for you to feel safe to share your truth and just know that there are so many others out there who are so grateful for you sharing that because they've had a similar experience, or they believe as well, um, that they're energy beings and such. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for you to share that. Um, there was a follow-up question from the chat. Um, hold on just a second. (laughs) I'm sorry. It scrolled way back up there. Okay. (laughs) Um, so uh, Alan Lasseter, Very nice man. He said, have you ever heard any ringing in your ears when they are around?
1: Ringing in my ears. Um, I do get that high pitched sound that you're referring to occasionally, Mm -hmm. but I haven't necessarily gotten it um, when I'm near them. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I would say a little off topic, probably one of the coolest sounds that I've heard Um, was a time that I was with my children and we had just came from about a mile and a half deep. Um, I'd taken them down the river and we just kept going Um, on our way back. um, I wore my, I wear my GoPro backwards, by Mm -hmm. the way, (laughs) just a little, a little hint right there. to catch what's going on behind you. Um, But on our way out, um, we saw these two really big spots on the ground um, and it was right on a hill. So um, on a slope, I knew it wasn't deer because deer usually go up underneath the bush. Um, they're definitely not in the open. If, if they are, it's a meadow. This was not a meadow. And as soon as I saw them, I said, those are butt prints. <laughs> and as soon as I acknowledged that they were butt prints, I looked up a ways and I saw my son kind of sitting um, on the hill and I could see the path that went all the way up to where the road was and back again. And I imagine these two looking at each other and going, you go, now you go, you know, you go this (laughs) time. And, uh, you know, taking turns, getting up to see the cars passing by. Mm -hmm. And about that time, uh, my daughter comes along and she says, you know, mom, we need to go. And I said, OK, hold on. Just give me a minute. You know, I'm, I'm measuring and I'm taking pictures and I'm documenting. And she says, Mom, we need to go now. And so, of course, you know, taking her urgency, of course, at nine years old um, is with a grain of salt. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm like, OK, hold on. And at that moment, she grabs my arm and she says, we need to go now. And so I said, what is it? You know, you start to get agitated. And she says, they're in the trees. Oh, my God. And as soon as she said that, I immediately start to look up, okay? Because when, you know, I immediately start to look up. She grabs my arm, pulls it in such a way that, you know, she's left a claw mark. And all of a sudden, I got goosebumps all over my body. And I said, okay, if it's about to go down, I don't want it to go down now with my kids here. And if I look up. Absolutely. Yes. And if I look up, then I have to acknowledge that, hey, I see you. Oh, you see me, too. And we're going to do this. And I knew that I didn't want that to happen. So we started to exit um, and we get far enough away. And I realized she was terrified and we get far enough away. And I said, you know, Journey, did you see them? And she says, no, they were invisible. You know, she says, yeah, I saw them. They were invisible was her answer. And, you know, of course, at that moment, I started to shrug her off. But then I thought of all the times that I've read um, account after account of how they cloak. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think, OK, this maybe could be a, a truth. And she's still dragging me out of the woods. So by the time we hit the pavement, Um, we hear this very loud, um, it's like crash, crash sound, you know, and of course, crash, crash does not describe the sound that you hear. But I can't I can't make that sound. It wasn't just a tree falling. It was like something being very angrily pushed over, you know, very mad noise. Right. And so as soon as we heard that, I stopped, she stopped, Jesse stopped, and we're all, we are all kind of look at each other and she says, mom, why'd you stop? You know, <laughs> why'd yeah, you yeah. stop? And I said, just hold on just a minute. Um, let's just listen. And so we started to listen to the sounds of the forest. And I heard the strangest sound that I only just realized um, two days ago what it was. Um, And it sounded like a thumping from the inside of the chest out. So the only thing that I could remotely um, compare it to was the sound of the predator, you know, the movie, the predator. I don't know if you got that, but, um, but it was even lower pitched than that sound. So you've got this kind of a purr sound, you know, not quite like a cat, but coming from the chest, you know, like it was a thumping sound. So what do I do? Um, Yesterday, um, I get curious and I'm like, I wonder what it sounds like uh, for a lowland mountain gorilla to beat its chest. (laughs) And so I go online and I listen to the sounds. The first one was more of a slap, 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 slap. And I was like, no, that's not it. And then Mm -hmm. I listened to the next one and I almost started to cry because that was the sound that I'd heard. So I've I've only heard that one sound um, other than a knock. You know, I've never heard, you know, the the gibberish talk or any of that stuff. But Mm -hmm. this creature, without a doubt, um, in my mind, was threatened by our presence in the woods and they were wanting us to leave. And my daughter felt it. She knew that they were wanting us to leave. As soon as we hit the pavement, the tree starts crashing. But when I turned to look, I knew it wasn't coming at our angle. It was going more towards um, the river's edge and we were about to cross the bridge. So they were going to watch us cross to make sure that we weren't, you know, coming back. And, uh, you know, I, I think that it's really interesting. This is my reality. This is my truth. And each one of us, we share different truths and realities. And this is my storytelling. And if you know me, you know me to be a truthful person. I have no reason um, to lie to any of you. you. But, you know, truth is the factor. I mean, that's, that's what's at hand. But the biggest thing is perception. And I think perception is the key to reality and the key to truth. And if I hadn't decided to dig a little further, I may not have realized that this very well could have been, um, an aggressive thumping of the chest. Um, not to say I'm trying to compare them to apes, um, or that that's even what it was, but that's the sound that I heard, so. Well, I know that in my experience
0: with, um, when I was growled at, it, so I had seen the eye shine, I had watched the eye shine, and I it went away. And so I remember looking at the bushes in front of me and I just felt like it had moved. And I looked at the bushes in front of me and I thought to myself, wow, how crazy would it be if it was in that bush right there? And I'm staring intently at the bush and it growled at me. So do you think that maybe it was upset that Journey had spotted it? And that's why it was so violent.
1: Yeah, that was, that's very possible. Um, You know, the thing about our children is they're so much more connected than we are. Um, I think that there's kind of this, and, and you know people wanna say it's an age or you grow out of it. You don't grow out of it, you're taught against it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I have been open with my children from day one. Um, there's never been a moment where I've denied them their ideas or their own truths and realities. And I think for that reason, um, you know, mine definitely hold on to that right now through their their existence and through their experience in this world. But, you know, it's very possible that, um, you know, whatever it was, knew that we were on to it. And mm-hmm. I had not let on to the fact of knowing what she had said. So if I would have looked up or if I would have, you know, said, oh, um you know, let's stay longer, you know, and on what she wanted as a little girl, um, then things could have went wrong. You know, that, that, that might've been that moment that we have a, an actual experience where somebody gets mauled, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but she was, she was on it. I mean, she was listening to it and I was honoring her. And, uh, and for that reason we got out of there.
0: So That's piggybacking funny. off of that, because we've had two different questions ask, um, what has been your creepiest or scariest experience? Was that it or? Okay. Um, and then previous... Keith, Keith wanted me to show the picture. I'm sorry of you sitting on the rock next to the rattlesnake eating the fish. Um, <laughs> Keith, I do not have that picture, but um, I would love to show that picture if I had it. Um, if I can get that picture, I will upload it to all of my night colors platforms, but I don't have it. So, Um, Well, it was actually
1: an eastern diamondback uh, rattlesnake and it had a fish in its mouth. So I knew it wasn't going to hurt me. I mean, it had its dinner in its mouth and it was my son who took the picture and he was probably about uh, maybe three feet away, which of course, you know, is way, way less than striking distance. Um, Mm -hmm. This was probably about a five foot snake. So very interesting picture. Very interesting. Um, and yeah. and now, what was the question again? Because we talked um, about that. your
0: creepiest or scariest oh, yes. experience.
1: Okay, um, creepiest, hands down. Um, I got to my location, it's dark, I'm by myself. Um, you know, I'm not always by myself. My partner, Keith Crabtree, is with me most of the time, and he makes sure that I check in. If I haven't checked in in two or three hours, He's going to come looking for me. So um, but on this particular venture, um, I got there late at night. I was by myself and my plan was just to stay one night, maybe two nights, um, just to check all the places out, make sure everything was okay, and just kind of see if anything had changed. And um, it was probably about 730 in the evening and I immediately start into the forest. Now, if you know anything about the forest, um, seven thirty in the evening is somewhat daylight in the summer. But when you walk into the forest canopy, it's like nine o'clock at night. Okay, so I'm <laughs> like, might as well go ahead and you know get out your glow sticks or whatever if you're new be afraid of the dark, you know. And uh, and of course, you know, uh, I am absolutely fearless um, when it comes to any of this stuff. I am not afraid of anything. I. Want to know what the truth is? I'm seeking it out. I'm not going to stop until I see it, and even then, I'm going to stand right there and stare it in its face, you know, because I have a solid presence in myself. But uh, um, but this night was different. Um, I was walking along. And I always film or record as much as I can uh, because it makes me feel like I'm not alone. And as I'm walking along, I keep you know looking off to the left. And, I, and I'm not sure what it is that's drawing me, but I can't see it. Um, and I'll go a little bit further and I'm looking for prints. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm looking to the left again. And I probably did this three or four times um, when I realized there was something there that I couldn't see. And um, all of a sudden I, I realized I was deep in and I heard in my mind, you need to leave. It's dinner time and it was straight up just like that. And as soon as I heard those words, I turned around and I look, and the exit's like itty bitty tiny, you know? I'm like way <laughs> in there. And so I'm taking, I'm not running, cause you know, I don't want them to know I'm scared, you know? So I just start taking very large steps, <laughs> very large steps going back. And when I got home, Um, I looked at the footage. I'm I'm always going through anything that I've done, you know, meticulously, um, because I want to see what was there. Every time I look to the left and I stopped, what was there? Um, If I if I know something's there, that's when I, I stop the camera and I zoom in. Okay, what is it? I know my mom's saying something there is there and I can't see it. And so I zoom in and I zoom in and I zoom in and there it is just plain as day. Um, it's two beans. Okay. Now I'm not going to say Sasquatch. I'm going to say beans because I don't know what it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I've got one hanging on, you know, uh, a tree like this leaned in this way. Mouth is open like that. And then one on this side, leaning in to this guy, they were leaning in towards each other, both mm-hmm. of them had their mouths open in an oval, okay? And they were both staring at me and they both looked very translucent, very translucent. Um, mm-hmm. What I'm seeing, I don't know, but um, I've had you know, a very close friend who is very good with technology. Um, look at this picture. And he says that he can absolutely define the body and the face but yet it looks as almost as if it's like um, looking at it at, in, the, in the water. You know, it's just it's the strangest thing. So, mm-hmm. so I got back to the car and I was so terrified that I locked the door. <laughs> <That's how> <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> Very scary. Um, Bama
0: said that um, that's better than them saying your dinner time. So <laughs>
1: that's absolutely <laughs> true
0: um, uh, that is definitely creepy and I would probably have, uh, fast walked out of there and I probably would have been, um, clinching a little bit on the way out. De- definitely. I'm going to be completely honest, you know,
1: <laughs> um, it was very terrifying.
0: Yes. I'm sure. I mean, there's nothing worse than, than just feeling like something is right there as you're leaving the area or feeling like you need to leave the area first of all and then just feeling like I cannot get out of here fast enough like yeah. that that feeling I, I hate that feeling Um, but you're very brave as we all know Um, you're one of my favorite people to research with not just because we have similar research research techniques but because you'll, I know that you will have my back, but you'll also go with me into any place that I want to go. Like the Cypress swamp is where we want to go together. And I remember you and I telling, um, the men folk that, and they were all okay, we'll go with you. And you and I both were like, no, no, this is a ladies only. This is, we want to have the activity. And if we get eaten, that will suck, but we want to have this activity. And so you know, just you being that brave is something that I love. You know, I love that. I guess we just, we don't have any um, self-preservation instinct left, but Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just absolutely love that you're so brave and that, but that you still have enough of an instinct left that you're like, okay, we need to go.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, we need to it's, it it's not a naivety. I, I can say that I've honestly graduated Absolutely. past naivety. Absolutely, um, it's agree. more of just you know I've been through everything that I could possibly be you know experience. I've experienced it. Um, I've I've felt pain um, on such a level, but yet I just take my mind's eye and say, okay, I'm going to squish this down to a two right now. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a strength that. That women can carry. I mean, and sorry, guys, it it doesn't have anything to do against you, but we do birth children and uh, multiple sometimes, and that's our choice. So, I mean, there's (laughs) something to be said um, for a woman and her perseverance and uh, diligence. And, uh, you know, I I think that um, I'm just in this place in my life where. I honor that space that I'm in, and I recognize uh, fear is basically a concept that's constructed in the mind. And I, I guess I just don't play into that anymore. Agreed. I agree. Um,
0: someone in the chat said, "Getting over fear is not so much standing up to it, but showing respect as to mm-hmm. not rock the boat," which I agree with. Absolutely. Um, so. Uh, Weird Realities wants to know, and this is one of my questions as well. Heather, we're right on here. What is the biggest change of thinking you have made over the years regarding these creatures?
1: Hmm. Well, I would have to say bringing in the idea of fear, um, that this is something that's gonna maul me, tear me to shreds, and uh, you know maybe carry me away to the cave, and I'm never gonna be seen again. Um, the idea that they are some type of uh, creature that's just gonna tear apart and eat me for dinner, um, you know, that is out to get me, that has absolutely changed in my mind's eye. Um, when I first began this, it was more of a curiosity, wanting to understand uh, the nature of the beast, wanting to see the reality thereof. And when I started to involve myself more and more, I understood that they really just want to be left alone. You know, they're living in the woods and this is their home. And and I am the trespasser. And, and although I might be coming out of the city and just looking for some time in the woods to, you know, let loose, I'm on their front step. And that's where, you know, the idea of, you know, needing to have and, and pay due diligence and respect towards a, a creature that, you know, we haven't yet defined comes into play. And I just, I understand that they're peaceful. I have no doubt in my mind about that. Um, I've since understood being of creek lineage that, you know, we've walked the creeks together. This is something that, you know, my mother's mother's mother, you know, did with them. And we probably even traded, um, you know, the idea that they're more than just a creature that's wanting to eat me. um, That is what's absolved in my mind. And I'm so grateful for that. That's that's kind of why I don't have fear. I'll, I'll tell you what I fear most anything over anything is man. And I don't mean man yeah. in general. I mean beings, people, beings, you know. Um, yeah. That is what I fear um, because I find that it's one of those things that you don't know what they're going to do um, or yeah. where they're at or how you're going to be treated. And, uh, you know, so, yeah.
0: I agree completely. Um, you know, with animals, it's um, either you know if they do attack, it's defensive, territorial, or <laughs> they're hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, with humans, there are just nefarious reasons that I don't like to entertain, and and so I, I have trust issues with humans. I, I've had experiences in the woods that allow me to have trust issues with humans. Um, <laughs> So, just want to say that. So, I would like to move to She-Squatch because mm-hmm. she's a delight. Also, Xander really enjoyed his birthday message from She-Squatch today that made him so excited. So, thank you, thank you for sending that. Um, so, Bama Murdoch would like to know. So, Tanya, how many times have you donned the She-Squatch outfit and scared the bejesus out of someone? That is from Bama and Moose the Magnificent.
1: Okay. Well, um, how many times I've put her on? Um, To be honest with you, I don't know. Too many to count. Uh, Let's just say that anytime an event comes up or a conference, um, I I can't help but to lure her out of the woods and come with me. Um, How many people have I scared? Numerous, numerous. Most of them adults. Okay. Really? Um, I would
0: think it would be kids.
1: Yeah. Now there was there was a very large group of Boy Scouts um, that really. I mean, they were running back and saying, "Oh my God, there's a Sasquatch!" You know, and and you know they had all their adults going, "What? What? What? What do you mean, a Sasquatch?" You know. And uh, before I knew it, they were chasing me all over the woods. I mean, they they knew that I was you know a human and saying, "Ooh, look at her butt!" You know, little little <laughs> baby So um, but it was the adults. It's the adults that, um, you know, that I love to startle because they're not expecting that. And when I jump out from behind a vehicle or, uh, you know, and it's dark or I grab them around the waist and they turn around and look at me, their first reaction is fear, like instantly. And then they laugh hysterically. They're like, Oh my God, how did you do that? And they're touching my face and looking at me and like, that's so amazing. I've never seen anything like that before. So, um, so yeah, I've, I have terrified many of adults, um, in that costume and I have no regrets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh,
0: you know, Tanya is one of the least petty people I know, but, um, I have to say that when she is, it's so good. It does my petty heart good. Um, So, you know, I love She Squatch. She Mm -hmm. is, and you know, so she is an alter ego and she is somebody that lets your wild side and your childlike spirit free. So can
1: you tell me kind of how she developed? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was in 2019. It was September of 2019 Um, I was on a trip with Craig Wilheter to an event in Pennsylvania. Uh, No, it was Indianapolis. I don't know why I always say that. Pennsylvania and Indianapolis (laughs) to me are the same. Um, But I was on our way there, and I'd already kind of – prepared for it. Um, I knew I wanted to dress for the costume, uh, or dress in the costume. It was a horror hound weekend. Um, and the event was called factor fiction and it was put on by Jeff, Jeff Byers. And, um, I think it was, it was probably the week before, um, that I just decided that I was going to do this costume. And so, um, we were in the car riding up there and it was, uh, Craig and Lyle Blackburn. Um, and I'm in the back seat stitching, <laughs> you okay. know, and so when we get there, um, I had just a few pieces left to put on. And, you know, Craig says, you're she squatch. And I was like, Oh, my God, yes, I am she squatch. And I put the costume on and just nailed it. I had so many people there asking me, you know, um, about my prosthetics, and you know, just commenting on the costume itself, and um, I actually ran into a good friend, Travis Walton. I know that you know he's probably everybody's like Travis Walton, um, but you know he's a friend of mine. So I showed up. He when he got there, he got there late, and I was already in the costume, and so I go up to him and I'm like, "Hey, can I get a picture with you?" And he looks at me and he's like. Yeah, okay, you know, okay. And uh, I was like, it's me. And he looked at me and I said, Tanya. And he just busted out laughing. <laughs> and I knew right at that moment that I had nailed it because he did not recognize me. And then later at the dinner, so we went to the dinner and a lot of the speakers get together and, you know, you've got this table full of just amazing people. And I start asking, you know, Hey, what'd you guys think about that Sasquatch? And everyone was like, Oh man, she was great. I wonder who that was. And I think at that moment, right then um, it just resonated with me and they all just couldn't believe it and just busted out laughing and loved the idea. And I knew the first time that I put the costume on um, she became me and I was her and everything that she is um, everything that she stands for is that wild woman inside of me that's just been aching and yearning to express herself and get out and be seen and be heard and she's curious and she's lively and she's sweet and she's enigmatic and she's just one of those things that you just can't help but to love and want to be and just you know experience her fullness so Um, yeah, it was Horrorhound Weekend. um, It was the Factor Fiction Fest, and uh, I'll never forget it. It was a a beautiful week. That's amazing.
0: That's amazing that, you know, something just kind of last minute has spawned into a cathartic release for you, really, Mm -hmm. um, because you're able to put on this persona and just really kind of release emotions and just be free of um, society and just go play or skulk mm-hmm. around and and steal things she uh she squatch yeah. has been known to like take things from people's booths and take pictures with them and then put them back um yeah i mean I completely, is. Innocent.
1: completely innocent completely innocent yeah not mischievous just like mm-hmm. innocent you know just curious. Um, i mean you know she's never been out of the woods before so when you bring a sasquatch and all of a sudden they're in the middle of a room full of people i mean they want to know what texas bangs are all about and she's got to touch on and feel them and be like, Oh my gosh,
0: you know, I want my hair to be like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite things that you do with SheSquatch, um, this is something that you shared with me and I hope it's okay that I share it with everyone else. Um, so Tanya, she puts this extra oomph into it for the children. So what she does is she wears gold eyeliner and it's sparkly and she wears that with her she-squatch costume. But when she takes she-squatch off, she makes sure to keep wearing the gold sparkly so that when, when she does go talk to those same children, they'll notice it and yeah. see kind eyes and feel that kindness. And it is my favorite thing that you do. I
1: love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've found that some of the children, they are a little apprehensive. And you know, just as I would imagine, um, I always get down on my knees, and I give them my hand, or I'll say, I'm a real girl, you know, see, look, I'm a real girl. And um, I I kind of stick with the idea that she comes out in a full moon. Um, so, you know, there's that. Um, but yeah, I transform into her. So she is still me, Tanya and she squatch are still the same. It's just that I've transformed from her. Um, with the full moon's ability or, you know, whatever it might be so that when they see me, um, they can see that I'm still her. And, you know, I I just loved, I love kids. I mean, to me, the more, the better. And, uh, you know, I love being around them. I love the childlike nature. It's, it's a part of me. It's something that I've always stood for. Um, You know, I think there's something about having a childlike spirit. And uh, so I love the children, I love playing with them. And, uh, you know, I just, I want them to know that even though we might look different, um, you know, like this, um, we're still all one and the same. And that loving each other comes from our hearts and that we can feel and sense each other and see past any disabilities or abilities that we might have that seem different from one another.
0: Absolutely, 100% agree um, have you ever entertained, this is from Patrick Vaughn, have you ever entertained the thought of squatching in your she-squatch
1: costume? Oh, no. Mm -mm. No. Do you think, do you feel like it's disrespectful? Yes, I mean, I mean, first of all, you know, I, I've kind of stick with the same, I mean, I've been in this one area that I've been in for probably the past at least four years, and, I know that they know my smell. They know my sound. I sing to them when I come. If I were to do something like that, they'd be like, what is she doing? Yeah. You know, I, I just really feel that there would be, it would just take it down a, the wrong way. I, I, It's not even just so much as disrespect as it is just I would never do that because they, they know better. They're. I mean, they're not stupid.
0: <laughs> they're not stupid, they're not. and I feel like
1: worse comes to worse, you disrespect them
0: so much that they get, you know, violent or, um, you invite a Bigfoot boyfriend. And so we just really don't want either of those.
1: I I honestly don't want to be dragged off to a cave. That is not, that is not (laughs) a plan. That's not my idea. That's not what I want to do. Um,
0: so we had a question Two questions from matt smith he the first question is tanya do you think that they migrate and second was do you trade with them
1: okay um as far as migrating that would be something that would be completely speculative um you know i've i kind of stick to one area um i read a lot i i i follow a lot of researchers um and i read a lot of accounts and the idea that they migrate you know it's there Um, It's kind of speculative. Um, Do I trade with them? Um, Yes. Have they given me something back? I can't be certain because I haven't actually seen a Sasquatch uh, leave something for me. But I always take them, you know, fresh apples, organic apples, organic fruit. Um, you know, I take garlic out of my garden, uh, because that's completely medicinal. And, you know, when I go back, it's gone. Um, you know, there's only been a very few times that it's still there. Let's just say that now. Could the deer take off with my garlic? Maybe, probably, I don't know. But, uh, you know, that's also speculative. So, um, I'd love, I'd love to know for sure, um, I imagine somebody's gonna ask you know have you ever set out cameras yes I have set out cameras um, I haven't gotten anything on the cameras these are highly intelligent creatures I absolutely believe that they can feel EMF if you notice that the deer and boar or whatever you're you know you're trying to take a picture of generally looks in that direction when the camera is being you know flashed um, you know these are, elusive creatures that are intelligent. Um, so I don't doubt that they're evading that on purpose. Um, so I don't rely on anything like that. Right. No, I, I agree with that. Um,
0: so what, what do you think stick structures are telling us or are they
1: even meant for us? Uh, You know, I think that uh, those types of things are done out of maybe boredom. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't necessarily think that they're leaving like a hieroglyphic message uh, for us to kind of uh, decipher. Um, I do believe that some of the structures, especially when we see the big X's, are, hey, this is my spot, this is my territory, and don't come past here or if you do know that this is my space um, just mm-hmm. like a dog would be marking its own territory and then leaving its paw prints as it you know scuffs the dirt and kind of marks its glory um, I think that they leave those things in, in warning um, they're not, they're not and no I don't believe in portals but before that even comes up no you know portals okay the idea of portals existing. Maybe, I don't know, that's also speculative. I have never walked into a portal and found myself on the other end. So, you know, I can't say that I've seen that. Um, I try to base everything I do off of scientific, you know, reconstructive, like it's happening again and again. And I can, you know, say that, you know, in the spring it's gonna do the same thing. Um, You know, I try to base that, you know, all on science because I realize that that's what it's take. That's what it takes in order to, ascertain the truth and all, all the matter and be received. Um, without that, it's still, you know, just a elusive creature, maybe myth mythological, make-believe. Right. Absolutely. Um,
0: this is a really great question uh, from Bigfoot Society Podcast, an affiliate of Nightcallers Bigfoot Radio. Um, he said, I appreciate your kind spirit. Is there a certain song that you sing to them when you're looking for Bigfoot?
1: you know i um i actually sing from my heart so the words come into me it's not you know like uh, you know my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard you know, <laughs> like that. um it's it's more of like uh you know just my own nature my own spirit um okay. just allowing the song to manifest itself in me um, you know I let it become me and more than that I become the song so um, you know I'm I'm absolutely um, methodical with the way that I approach them because you know there needs to be consistency with them too you know I want them to be able to trust me I want them to see my kind spirit and my kind nature and I want them to know um, without a doubt that I am absolutely not Gonna attempt to take one of them down. That's not why I'm not there. So I want them to know that I'm one with them, and that they can see that likeness in me. So I completely allow myself to be, you know, open and vulnerable and raw up to the core. And uh, you know, I would imagine that anybody listening would be like, "Oh my God, what's wrong with that girl?" But um, you know, I don't. I don't take it that way when I'm out there with them because. You know, I'm just like a little girl playing in the daisies and blowing bubbles, you know, and that's I what do. I do. And I'm silly. And, you know, I can, see me in my truth.
0: I can attest to that. You don't actually do that when you're alone with them, you do that when you research all together. Because um, I know that you and me and another researcher were out together, and you're very whimsical and you're very free when you're out there. And, um, I can recall myself and that other researcher were very spooked by some weird mounds and weird stick. Thi- there there was some weird things going on. My headlamp died. My recorder went dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was some weird spooky stuff going on and he and I were trying to run out of there. And I remember we stopped halfway down the ridge and looked back and you were like examining some flowers that had the stalks had been bent over and we're like, Tanya, come on, we're leaving. You need to come with us. And you were like, oh, no, it's fine. And we were like, do we leave her? Do we get her? Like, (laughs) and so we had to, we had to basically convince you to follow us out of the woods now, Mm -hmm. you know, so, um, and actually I don't think you're crazy. I think that it's very brave to be so real. I think, so a friend of mine sent me this, um, I don't even know what to call it. It's like a a scream therapy almost, but basically what you do is you say, yes, yes, yes. And then you end up just like escalating and screaming it until you just feel that. You feel, Mm -hmm. yes, my intentions are coming. Like this is what I'm doing. And I messaged her back and I said, I just can't make myself do that. Even alone in my own home, I feel like an idiot. Like I can't do that. So when you are in the woods, it's the same thing. It's, it's very hard to be your authentic self. It's very hard to just sing and be real like you are. So I don't think you're crazy. I think you're very brave because I personally do not have the capability to be as free as you are. And as, as certain, like
1: in myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I really believe that energy feeds off of energy Um, But being a shaman, um, being an energy worker, a light being, someone that heals other beings, I I am I am here on this earth to heal other people. And, you know, that goes from not just a physical standpoint, um, but the mind and the body and the spirit, like all all things connected. And, you know, I first and foremost, am a healer. And, you know, knowing that energy feeds off of energy and being an energetic being that does healing, um, I have learned um, how to not take that on. And, you know, what I generally do is I'll put a bubble around myself and I imagine that bubble sometimes to be clear or translucent Um, if I want to allow for other energies to kind of come in come out um, if I feel that you know there's an energy that is kind of um, you know uh, anger or something like that it may be pink filled and so I've got this pink bubble around me so the only thing that can come in is love or you know if it does come in it kind of is jealous and then like not jealous with the you know Like I'm jealous of you or her, but jealous is in like gelatin and the energy just kind of gets stuck and it walks in front of me and I look at it and I recognize it and I say, you know, okay, I see you, but you're not for me. And I let it, I let it go. So, um, I think that when you're in the field, it's really important, um, to not allow for that fear to take over or, you know, be ran out in such a way because a lot of us carry sidearms. And I just find that there is a sense of, um, well, let's just say things could go really wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I find that there are a lot of a lot of people that carry that let that gun be the big man. And, you know, the big man needs to stand there without a weapon. If you can't stand there without a weapon and stand your ground and be solid in what you're feeling and what you're thinking, what you're about to do, then you don't need to be involved in this.
0: You don't. Yeah. If you. I understand going out into the woods with a gun uh, for protection. I I completely understand that. But your entire energy changes Mm -hmm. whenever you walk out um, and you're loaded down like. I carry a pistol. I am one of those who carries because hogs and big cats are a very real fear of mine. Um, but I, I don't lead with the pistol. I don't lead with, mm-hmm. if you come near me, I'm going to blow you away because guess what? You're probably not going to get any interaction. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: don't, don't get there me wrong. Is a backup. It's I'm not, not saying you know. don't carry a weapon. Okay. Right. I, I'm yeah. absolutely believe in carrying. Um, you know, I have many different choices um, but when you're strapped on, you just don't let that gun guide you. Um, you know, if you pull the gun, you're going to use it. That's what my grandfather always taught me. If you pull the gun, you're going to use it. So you better be certain and be sure of your shot um, because yeah. you have that. With this beast, it is very well known. Um, you better make your shot right. Right. I, I know a lot of people who carry multiple weapons into the
0: woods and I just, I feel like if you have to have that many weapons to do this, you are terrified and you don't need to be in the woods. First of mm-hmm. all, for my safety, because I don't trust you with that many weapons. But second, just, you know, it, 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 if, if you're that afraid, you don't need to be out there. You don't. And I'm not, you know, attacking any specific right. people. I am just saying, you know, if you're that afraid of what's in those woods maybe rethink being in those woods
1: yeah Um, you know i've heard a a story about a military person um, that was sent basically to clear the land okay we we know that when there's logging if there are animals found the land needs to be cleared you know i get it and this military personnel was sent out and there was a male A female that was trapped in a bear trap, um, an infant and uh, a smaller one was to say probably four-ish. The only one that survived um, was the four-ish or five-year-old was able to run away. Um, the others were absolutely slaughtered. And, you know, listening to the story, um, I can't account for the name of the person. I'm not even sure that it was honestly released. Um, but he said that he literally unloaded his M16 and it was still moving towards him. Mm-hmm. so, you know, when people talk about, you know, procuring the species, taking him down, let's cut off his head and prove the existence. Yeah. You know, there's more than just one there's a family. That's the, that's what somebody in the, the chat just said.
0: They mm-hmm. said, what about the rest of the tribe or <laughs> the rest of the family? Um, you know, and, and we're not saying again, because it seems like there are some that uh, weren't listening whenever Tanya said, she's not saying don't carry. I'm not saying don't carry. Mm-hmm. Carry. There are too many things in the woods that can hurt you and all of that. I'm just saying, carry with respect. <laughs> and um, if you're too terrified to be in the woods you know without being loaded for bear then just don't go in the woods
1: Mm
0: -hmm. i don't know how to say that nicely um because i i I just i don't i feel like you need to be able to be brave enough to go in after what you're going after Mm -hmm. um and have that gun as a backup but not lead with that gun like you know unless you're pro kill then you do you boo but um you know for the rest of us you know, just if you walk in leading with that gun, your intention is hostile and mm-hmm. it's not for me, my opinion, uh, you know, I go in and my gun is uh, within reach always mm-hmm. because I'm not stupid. Um, but, you know, it's not always on my mind right mm-hmm. there, right there, right there. You know, it's, it's, I know it's there if I need it, but I'm focused on my surroundings, which mm-hmm. I think everybody is. Um, okay. So we have, A few questions I want to get to really quick um, before we end, because I know you have done so well this entire time, and I don't know if you're hitting your limit. Um, So I just want to make sure that I try to get as many as I can and hopefully don't miss any.
1: Um, Have you ever seen a dog man? Never seen a dog man, um, you know, except on my friend C. Wayne's posts. Um, You know, I understand Anubis and all that I'm not saying they don't exist. Um, I'm just saying I've never seen one and I have yet to go to Skywalker Ranch. It is on my list. I don't, you can take Keith with you you on that (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) one. So Justin Snyder asked, you know, your thoughts on mind speak, Justin, because you're my friend, I'm gonna tell you telepathy Telepathy. Have you ever experienced telepathy when researching? Mm -hmm. And so she did say earlier that she had, but she um, and they basically told her it's dinner time.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yes, that was, you know, probably the one of the most uh, that was one of the scarier ones. Um, I've also just felt them um, in a way that, you know, I'm called. I, if you can say and I, I know that sounds strange and and then again, um, you know interpreting what happened to me and my experiences um, it's all in storytelling and mm-hmm. the idea of believing it is all in, in the listeners' uh, perspective. Um, but there was a time um, exactly this last year um, that I felt, Um, the presence of a Sasquatch so strong that I actually had to stop the vehicle and get out and walk into the woods. And as soon as I was probably about, I'd say, I mean, I I wasn't far, two tenths of a mile, maybe. um, I immediately said female and she has an infant. And whether she was You know, pushing that energy towards me or it was just something that, you know, my higher consciousness was able to perceive. um, You know, it's not really something that I can ascertain because, you know, I can only uh, go through my own mind and say, okay, this is something that I'm hearing, you know, and it's not in another voice. It's my own voice, my own thoughts, my own concepts. I'm not, you know, I don't have multi personality and that, you know, <laughs> I'm not like Sybil. You know, it's not like that at all. But yeah. uh, yeah. I take yeah. these concepts and they're like balloons. And, you know, I say, okay, that's what this is. And I tie it on a string and I loosen it up into the air. And I say, that's an idea. It's a concept and it's floating there. And I would say that a good 89% uh, you know, I say 89 because I don't want to say 85% uh, of the time, it's dead on, it's accurate, it's so close to the truth that you know, I might as well go ahead and just you know, suck in that helium because it's the true value of the experience. Um, and you know, uh, this particular instance, I, I'd like to share the story because it's something that I've, I've been wanting to share, it's happened this last year, and um you know, going towards what I knew was a female and an infant uh, walking along the path. Um, After those thoughts already came into my mind, I saw the first print and they were 16 inches long, uh, which is to me interesting, Um, but they were fat. uh, So they weren't long and skinny, like the ones I'd been seeing, Uh, they were (laughs) fat. And then I saw a handprint And you would think the hands are, you know, maybe long fingers, long thumb. It's not like that at all. The thumb is kind of, it almost comes out and then curves up. I don't know if you guys can see that, but kind of curves up like this. And the fingers are short. Um, They're not real long, like, you know, they're not proportionate to the hand at all. They're shorter. Um, And in this particular story, it only validated what I felt when I got out of the vehicle. And, you know, I I turned and I talked to her and I shared my story and I shared my vulnerability and I showed her my body. You know, this is what I've been through, showing her my mastectomy scars, you know, and tears streaming down my face. And I'm still looking towards this area, not understanding what is this magnetic pull that I'm having. I'm not going to deny my truth. I'm not going to, you know, not share with her. And, you know, I turned and I splashed water on my face, kind of get over it, Tanya, Put your big girl panties on, you know, and uh, I walk back down this cliff and I I get to my son and he puts his arm around me. He's he's 13 years old. um, But let me tell you, this boy. Um, is every bit a man. He's a wonderful person and very intelligent and very highly in tune with everything around him. And he has my back when I'm in the woods, he's watching around me as I'm, you know, floating around and experiencing all this. He's literally the eyes in the back of my head and he puts the arm around my shoulder and he says, you know, mom, are you okay? And I said, yeah, 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 I'm fine. Um, And right about that time, um, Hold on, just a second. Batteries, batteries going low. Jesse, can you check that for me? Um, Speak right about of that well. time. oh, the climax. You know, the batteries <laughs> dying on the computer. Um, right about that time, he puts his arm around me. Mom, are you okay? He could tell that I'd been crying. You know, I said, "Yes, I'm fine." You know, and right about that time, I hear, you know, the sound, and I immediately look up into the left, same direction that I've been sharing my heart, my two. Um, and along, um, here we go. Um, along comes this rock. Okay, people talk about having rocks thrown at them. This rock was this big. Okay, and it comes catapulting through the sky, and it hits the branch above my head, and the branch goes, you know, and it lands in the river about three feet from me, and splashes upon our feet. And immediately I just, I turn and look at him like, oh my God, did you see that? Like, you know, like as if he hadn't experienced it. And then just ran, sorry, that's my son. This is my son, Jesse, He's just checking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Technical difficulties, um, please. So, um, you know, he, uh, he immediately just, uh, recognized that my excitement and he's like, "Oh my, a mom, don't go back up there. You know, but I'm running up there with fruit because, you know, I want to thank her. I want to thank her for sharing her presence. That's what I asked for. I asked to see her. And although she didn't stand boldly in front of me because she had this infant, and I knew she did. She didn't stand boldly in front of me. She still shared. That she was there as I was walking away. I mean, there was no reason for her to give her place. There was no reason for her to give up her location, yet she did. And so, of course, you know, going up and sharing the fruit, uh, you know, I'm looking down, you know, I'm honoring her presence and I'm saying thank you for letting me know that you're here. Now, all the people that may want to ridicule me um, or make fun of me in some way, let me tell you, this girl's pretty dang tough bring it you know i'm i'm just fine with your ideas and your you know just as my ideas are my own um but this is my storytelling and that happened to me i had my first rock thrown at me and it was because i stopped and listened to her calling absolutely so tanya you
0: know he, the thing that i love is that he, wanted to come on and share her truth. And I'm honored to be the platform for her to do that. And so, you know, like she said, she invites you to open up a healthy debate about what did or did not happen to her. Um, it's her truth. Just be respectful because um as someone who cares very much about her, I will take you out. And also Keith Crabtree is basically, um, you know, our grandfather and he will take you out. So just be respectful, but Tanya is open to a healthy debate to explain any questions that you may have about what happened to her. Mm -hmm. Now tell them about the rock and your whole, your whole journey with the rock that landed in front of you.
1: Okay. (laughs) You know, as I said before, um, I've had people in my life that have been less than worthy to stand at my side to some degree. And, you know, I want to immediately take that away and say, that's not what I mean. I I just mean that I wasn't supported and, you know, I wasn't um, nurtured in a way that I could have been more successful in what it was that I was doing. And, um, I had a person, um, ask me that was a part of my past. um, You know, I shared the experience with this person and it was really hard for me because, you know, this person was somebody that I wanted to not just hear my story, but believe me. I mean, you know, the word believe is a a really incredible word because it kind of takes you into a place of more than just knowing, but just um, it's almost as it's almost like. You make believe, okay? So I'm gonna believe you that you're gonna do this, or I'm gonna believe in you this way. And I wanted this person to just hear my experiences and be excited and see the things that, you know, I had to show and um, have belief in me. And this person said, well, you know, kind of cut me off in, in the middle of the storytelling and said, well, I would have gone, you know, do you have the rock? Because you know, if that happened to me, I would have the rock, you know. And of course, the first thing that I'm thinking about is just running back up the hill. You know, I want to I want <laughs> to I want to film this. I'm not thinking about the rock that's sitting over there, you know. So um, I immediately said yes. And, you know, it's funny um, how we all might tell lies or white lies or whatever they might be. But I had such a guilt at saying this almost instantaneously. That I wanted to retract what I had just said, yet I knew that I couldn't because then it just kind of makes disbelief about everything that I'm just saying. I mean, I might as well just be a blown-out liar. And so, mm-hmm. the next day, um, I called this person and I said, "Hey, you remember we were talking? And I said I picked up the rock. Well, I didn't pick up the rock, you know. <laughs> and, uh, I had to say that and." You know, I realized that just that small, tiny thing absolutely discredited my whole experience, like everything that had happened, you know, from point A to point Z. And so I found myself a few weeks later, like going back and searching for that rock. And I thought, okay, I know how big it was. It was this big. You know, there's no doubt I know exactly where it landed. You know, and, you know, it's gonna be right there. And of course, you know, I get to the place and I'm looking at everything and it's all completely changed because, you know, before we had the flora and the fauna and everything was green. And, you know, although she was eating, there were leaves all over the floor where she had just been ripping them up and just eating them. And, you know, everything was brown, like, and dead and dry. And, you know, I immediately look down and I see this one rock and I'm like, man, that's got to be it. But in all reality, is that it? Is that the rock? Um, You know, it's the idea that it's the right shape. It landed in the right place. But there are thousands of rocks, and they all look the same. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I think this just brings up a point that says, no matter who's against you, no matter who's standing there saying oh whatever you know this isn't real okay yeah whatever just always be in your truth like every minute every minute and and even though I was able to go back and refract that and like take it away um it's still it's a lesson and you know I'm I'm not a proud person at all I am you know the most laid-back humble person you'll ever meet and you know you need it done. You want me to clean the toilets. I'm going to do it for you. And, you know, that's just the way that I am. But I just think it's important to honor your truth and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to just say it the way that it is. Absolutely. And so that's
0: why I asked you um, to share that second part of, of that is because I wanted everyone else to know what everyone who knows and loves you knows this already, but for those who don't, um Tanya is a person of integrity and that is something that is lacking in the year 2021 and just in the Bigfoot community and you know just that I've found Tanya is a person of integrity and that is the I place the highest value on integrity um so when she tells you something that is her truth you guys she's not lying she's not making it up she's not trying to get attention when she tells you something it is her truth and so the fact that she told this person yes I picked up that rock and then later called the person back and said I did not really pick up that rock and I feel awful for telling you that and then went back to the area to find said rock that's that's the extent that she will go to have integrity and I just wanted everyone else to know that so you've seen over this podcast how kind she is how real she is, how brave she is, but I want you to know how honest she is with herself and with everyone else. Um, Tanya, you are so loved and I don't want to make you cry. And I'm very sorry if I am, but you are so loved. And there are so many people in the chat. I've been trying to put their um, their comments on the screen so that you can watch this later, Um, but you are so loved. And it's because you are truly authentic and Mm -hmm. kind and you You tell your truth, and you don't let anyone stop you, and I think that is
1: amazing. Well, thank you. It's it's been a long time coming. Um, Yes, girl, finally feels good in her skin, and all at the same time, I realize that the skin is so temporary. And you know, being able to be here with everyone that's watching and share with you, it just it makes my heart open and. You know, I just I want you to all to know that I love you so much while I have these words to come out. I, I love you all so much for just, you know, being there and trudging through the day and being grateful for every moment that you have. And, you know, just live your life, live it up and go out there and search for the unknown and you know, make your existence known in this world. Make your stamp, you know, make your mark. And I, I would have never in a million years thought that I'd be here, yet I am. And I'm here for you. Absolutely. And when she says that, she means it.
0: She really is. She puts the community first every time. And I can say that, um, you know, we were going to start kind of a little uh, a group that comes together and we have a a prayer at this certain time on a certain day. And we were all going to pray for Tanya. And I told Tanya about it. And her first response was so Tanya. She said, "Um, that's a great idea, but how about we have a candlelight vigil and everybody puts someone in the comments that needs to be thought about or prayed for. And then um, we go from there and we pray for whoever needs it. Because that is so Tanya. That's a Tanya response. And so I just, I, I really wanted to showcase that tonight, especially, you know, um, you know, I my show was the first one you came on, like two, I think it was a year ago, actually two years ago. Um, yeah. And now you're back. And I feel like you have grown so much since that show, because you did tell a lot on that show, but you did not tell everything Tonight, she told everything she told her truth and you guys that that's that's a big deal because life's too short to not be yourself
1: you know i i found that the most simple thing to say is surround yourself with people that love you and care about you and believe in you and you can't go wrong amen one hundred percent.
0: One hundred percent. Your tribe is everything. Um, so I, I if I didn't get to your um, if I didn't get to your question, I'm very sorry. Um, but uh, Tanya, so she's she's got some uh, respiratory problems that are going on and she has held out through this entire show. You know, I
1: can't believe I've made it.
0: That uh, is a blessing in itself because she was meant to come on here and tell her truth, you guys. So, um, I just, thank you so much for coming on again. I'm honored to be the platform you chose to tell the words that needed to be said. Um, and you guys, y'all can check out, um, she does post pictures of her research. Um, you know, like she said, she's open to you contacting her and opening a healthy debate, um, with, with respect, you know, respectful conversation. And, um, I thank you all for listening to her tonight. I thank you all for being so respectful in my chat and treating her with respect and dignity. Um, I actually, I just want to give a shout out to my chat members anyways, because it seems like I have really had the luck of the draw with the chat that I have. They are always respectful and treat my guests so well, even if they don't necessarily agree with them. And I love that, you know, I think that's how the entire community should be. Even if you don't agree, Let's treat each other with respect and dignity because we're all adults paying mortgages. You guys, let's not act like high schoolers. Be nice. Be kind. I always say that. Be kind or kindly shut up. And thank you, Tanya, for coming on.
1: Glad to be here.
0: Thank you. And thank you all for listening. And you know, I I I'm gonna call it a night. Thank you all. And so the next show that I have will actually be um, kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm going to have uh, Miss Shelley Covington Montana on, and she's also a lovely lady, um, really full of great information. And so she will be on the exclusive show for Nightcrawlers members only. So you guys go sign up for Nightcrawlers and uh, we will see y'all there. All right, good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.